Today on Movie Wallers, we talk about Bros, Woman King, and Darlings. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's me. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Greetings, fellow Wallers. Hello. Hello. Yazdi, your new house doesn't have a name. I call it your new house. You've been here for a couple of years now. Pre-pandemic. Almost two and a half years, yeah. The old place was the nut house. That's right. Yeah, but that's not because Yazdi lived in it. Let's be clear. No, that was why it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little, I had had a little, little plaque. Yes. I know. I just thought, oh, for some reason, I literally just popped into my head. I was like, we're in Yazdi's house. How do you remember nut- that? Because well, I was going to say, we're, we're recording at Yazdi's, the nut house. And I was oh, like, no. This is in the nut house. It's still the nut house. Well, at the new nut house. <laughs> <laughs> the downtown nut house. The downtown, It yes. is a very nice house. I do like recording at Yazdi's house a because as we always say we get better snacks no that's not there, there is a higher there is a higher of caliber snacks. of snacks but also it's very light and airy and I like that we're in the middle of the city kind of yeah and that's why I moved like here helping Yazdi install his art yes, yes. yes. I'm we, looking we, for I'm looking for ideas yes if any of our listeners our w- art yeah yes. art installers yeah, our art installers. I have this these series of beautifully Beautiful framed watercolors, water pictures, yeah. yeah, which are of scenes of India. If anybody wants to offer, you know, maybe we should put the pictures out and get people to vote. Do you really <laughs> want to submit your interior design to popular vote? Maybe not. You could end up with Bodie McBoat face. <laughs> yes, I don't Remember, want that's McBoat. That happened. <laughs> exactly. I don't want a Bodie McBoat on my on my hands. And in no. case somebody doesn't know what we're talking about, Bodie McBoat face was that boat that the British public were allowed to name suggest names for. Some idiot suggested Bodie McBoat face. And, and it, it became the it most popular to, choice. Yeah, rose well, to the be, top. Yeah, people could pick them yeah, from it rose yeah. to the top. And then they, they were stuck with And then they were stuck it, with, right? yeah, correct. Right. Boaty McBoatface. <laughs> I don't think they went with it in the end, or they, they, they kind of gave it a proper name and then a kind of a secondary. I, I wouldn't mind, if I had a boat, I wouldn't mind its name being Body McBoatface. At least I'm it's cute. memorable. It's yeah. cute, yeah. People, people have far worse names for their boats. That's like calling your car Kari McCarface. Yeah, like, no, I like it. Don't do it. <laughs> Bob Brum Brum. Doggy McDogface. Like don't don't call so your dog cute. that. <laughs> Doggy McDogface is cute. It's Doggy not. McDog it's terrible. Face is sleeping under uh, a big planter. Yes. She's adorable. Yes, that is the Miss Sawyer that we are speaking. Yeah, for for Sawyer today because I just took a lovely, cute picture of her. She's adorable. Yes. Good. Good. Sawyer, the movie wallace dog. Okay. Yes. Should we jump in? Yes. We have plenty to talk about today. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to give you uh, co- coverage of three movies and I guess some Netflix picks as well. So yes, um, let's let's yes, get, can go first. Let's get cracking. Yes. Um, Netflix picks or streaming picks or whatever. In our segment, I can't find anything to watch on VOD. Yes. So my recommendation is a brief uh, hour and uh, fifteen minutes a live recording of a show on which is on Netflix and it's called Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh. 
an evening you will forget for the rest of your life. <laughs> and uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short, of course, have had a long career working together. I think they first worked together in The Three Amigos. But most recently, they have been on Hulu's, you know, very popular uh, all... Murders in the Building. Right. Yeah. Uh, all Murders in the Building. And um, so they did, after the popularity of that show, during the summer, they did uh, like, a, like a live road show. Which we saw. Which we saw. I saw it too. And it was so good. We saw it together yeah, yesterday. Yes. Were we together? <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm it's terrible. clearly so memorable that Joe and, Joe and Rashmi were with Yazdi. He no, I was, absolutely remembers it so vividly. No, I was so entranced by the show. It that was very good. It was very, very yeah, good. Yeah, we saw it at the San Diego the Rady Shell. Shell in the open air, which was fantastic. Yeah, and if any, uh, not that this is about this, but if any of our listeners ever plan to visit San Diego, they should purchase tickets. It doesn't matter what you're going to go show, what you're going to go see. Yeah. It's an exceptional venue. It's completely outdoors. And on one side is the Pacific Ocean and the other side is downtown San Diego. Exquisite sound. Uh, speakers, which are bigger than elephants, uh, you know, on yeah, the, the stage. Acoustics are remarkable acoustics given it's, are an remarkable. Out, it's an outdoor venue. I mean, it really does have that... Uh, concert hall. I'm sure it was designed acoustically and blah, 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 but it, it's remarkably crisp, clear. I didn't realize so the show was actually, not the show we saw, but that was filmed. So the one that that's on Netflix was filmed on a closed stage. Mm. I think it was the, the Missouri, Kansas show. Uh, and the whole thing is filmed and it's available on Netflix and it's just a delight. So you can't go wrong an yeah. hour and 15 minutes. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, I'm going to use the G word. They're geniuses. They are. They are. They I'm are not, goats. I'm not the biggest fan of them in the way that you two are, but that, that, that show we saw at Rady, um, there, was, there was no phoning it in for them. Mm -hmm. they, they worked so hard to provide an entertaining couple of hours for us. Um, which I, I'm always impressed by because I, I always feel like when, when you're at their level of celebrity, you can kind of just show up and charge people a hundred bucks for the privilege mm -hmm. of being in your company. But no, they don't take that for granted at all. They uh, yeah. bust their ass to really entertain us. And, and we got to see an amazing bluegrass uh, band. Well, that was, a that bonus, was uh, yeah. Steve yeah. Martin's band. He plays the banjo and he's excellent. And the band he's brought with him, it's worth watching. Is the musical in there? Is the yes, music yes, piece yes, in there? Yes, yeah, it is. It's worth watching just for that. Yeah, I'm just looking at the name um, of his bluegrass band. It's, there's something for every th everybody. There is, you know, urbane humor. There is like mm -hmm. silly slapstick. Yeah. There is excellent music. There satire. Is a satire. There's like a mock talk show in there. It's like, it's everything. Yeah. 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 The Steep Canyon Rangers. Correct. Yeah. Uh, great that's the name choice. of uh, Steve Cat, uh, Steve Martin's bluegrass band and they are legit by the way they are like an oh, award winning yeah, yeah, yeah. bluegrass yeah. Um, they're excellent his banjo playing is is like exceptional it so had Steve us addicted Martin? to bluegrass Pandora station for the next three weeks I think after we saw them yeah I mean Steve Martin has had a whole separate career as a banjo player he's a renaissance man he can he's doing like five or ten different things at a time writing scripts for plays and whatnot. Um, but this the the Steep Canyon Rangers. The Steep Canyon Rangers are, you know, are a pretty well-known band in their own right. And, and I'm glad that Steve Martin kind of have included them on the show. But anyway, that's the recommendation. Steve Martin and Martin Short, an evening you will forget for the rest of your life. Great Excellent. choice. Great choice. Joe, do you want to go next? Sure. Mine will be pretty quick, I think. Um, we've been watching quite a lot of Hulu lately. And 
I'm not sure. I think it's um, it's, it's an FX show, but they're showing streaming on Hulu. Um, the Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney um, uh, show where they buy from a, from. It's always sunny. It's in always sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia which yeah. interestingly. Rashmi and I have never We've seen. never watched so it. Good. I've always so, wanted to because I love Charlie Day. As, as an aside, um, the entire like 10, 11 seasons or, or whatever of, of uh, It's Always Sunny uh, is is on Hulu as well. And so we watched a few Just episodes. Just started watching, yeah. And it, it is hilarious. I feel like that's some some kind of cultural phenomenon that's some, mm-hmm. somehow passed us by. So, But yeah, so Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds by a uh, Welsh football club soccer team uh, in the UK uh, and then they document the um, the journey I guess from kind of acquiring this club the reasons behind why they wanted to buy it and what it meant to them personally to the journey of this club which is a struggling club they've had uh, it's in a depressed area in the UK they've had a, it's a very industrial area that's had a lot of its industry take taken away um, through you know just various socioeconomic kind of um, uh, you know happenings, and um, well, it was a coal mining town. Yes, so uh, it's just it. You know, their industry has collapsed, and so they've fallen on hard times. And this club kind of reflects what's happened to the town. They've had, they were a very successful club uh, a couple of de- decades ago that has fallen from grace, and they've been stuck in this very lower division. There's something that it'll give you the education of how the UK football leagues work, but essentially. Mm. Um, you know there are lower leagues, and if you do well, you can get promoted higher and higher to the very prestigious Premier League, which brings in you know millions, if not billions, for uh, clubs that are in it. Uh, so Wrexham is the club, and um, it's a really and the show is called the, the show is called Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, sorry, I didn't even say that. So um, thank you for catching that. Uh, it's a great little fun documentary. It's very very heartwarming. Rashmi, you're less interested in the soccer side of it than I am. Correct. Uh, but it's still it's still very it's, compelling. It's viewing. delightful. It's delightful because again, it's kind of um, fish out of water. These two big American stars who go over to a small mining town in Wales. That's interesting just within itself. Their whole you know reasons for buying this club. And then the the thing I love about it most, Joe, is. Um, It's about people, right? It's heartwarming because it's about people who really care about a sport Mm. and what that sport means to them and what the sport means to the town. And more importantly, how we all all, um, congregate around things that are interesting to us and what it means so i would say it's less about the soccer than it is about the community yeah like the soccer is almost an aside yeah you know this this is something that collectively the people in that town now that they've lost their industry you know kind of identify with you know as a group and um as a, as a result it's the, the club has taken a huge place in all of their hearts and the, the fate of the club is very closely intertwined with the mood uh, of the of the people in the town, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good anthropological totally look at worth people. Watching, totally, yeah, worth watching. really worth it. Okay. Very good pick. Rashmi, your pick. And yeah, it's one so season, a few episodes. It's ten episodes currently, and it's still ongoing. So it's okay. serialized, and okay. as with many of the things on Hulu, ten episodes in. Okay. Um, I don't know how many it's going to go to. Okay. Yeah, it's a current season on FX. Uh, you can catch it, I think, on a Thursday, but Hulu also streams right. um, the next day. 
Okay, and my recommendation is, this is a recommendation we've done before, but um, it's actually a season two. So it's The Great, the uh, mm. streaming on Hulu with um, Elle Fanning and um, Nicholas Holt as Catherine the Great in Russia, which is very interesting given what's going on in the world and Russia currently. Um, very satirical, very funny. I feel like epi- uh, season two was a little bit difficult to get into. It kind of had a bit of mayhem at the start, but towards the end of the season, it really delivered. So, um, the great, which I have recommended once before. Yeah. So, quick recap. Yesterday, your recommendation was was Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin, an evening you will forget for the rest of your life on Netflix. I recommended Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu and Rashmi. The Great, also on Hulu. Awesome. All right. Now down to the serious business of movie reviews. As serious as that can ever be. <laughs> oh, I was a bit worried by your tone <laughs> of voice there. So, um, three movies to, uh, sorry, two movies to cover in this podcast. Uh, no, three. Sorry. Yes. Uh, sorry. We, we changed our script just before the the. The, the start That's of, how professional we are. <laughs> start of recording. Uh, Woman King, Bros and Darling. So that order? Yep. All right, let's go. Okay, so I've got the introduction to The Woman King and I have not seen this movie. Unfortunately, I was traveling and the two of you got to see this. But this is a historical epic inspired by true events, which I didn't know, that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, which was actually one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. So this is directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood and she's done a lot of TV by the sounds of it and written by Dana Stevens based on a story by Maria Bello. And it has a huge, cast um, which is led by Viola Davis um, Thuso Mabedo Lashana Lynch, Shelia Atim Hero Finds Tiffin John Boyega and a whole host of others so sh- I, I should I rush out and see this one? It sounds very interesting, The Woman King as yeah, opposed I, to The Queen Yeah, I, I think you should um, so by the way uh, Gina prince Blythewood has done uh, Love and Basketball, which was a movie with a uh, long time ago, I think in the yeah in the in the in the early two thousands with uh, Queen Latifah and Sana Lathan and a few others. Excellent movie, and then she also did Under the Lights, something about the light. Uh, yeah, she seems like she had something to do with um, Beyond the Lights. Yeah, with my favorite Gugu Mbatha. That's right, you are uh, a so she's, fan. So she's she's been in the business for a couple decades. Um, it's not a perfect movie. I have a few. Uh, you know, gripes about it. But there is no doubt in my mind that if ever there was a crowd pleaser of a film, then this one is it. It really, um, I think, does a just frankly, just outstanding job with taking this pre-existing, what was known historically about this West African, uh, you know, clan of women, the Mahobi tribe who were, you know, women who were kind of shunned by their society were made to become warriors who defended their kingdom and they were women warriors and that 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 basic premise is taken and a very very compelling story is built around it um and it you know it's political it has a few things to say um i just liked you know we i mean i haven't seen people clap and you know scream and you know just kind of lose it during a movie and 
it, it happened during our screening. And then since then, I've spoken with a lot of other people who have seen the movie in theaters and they have said that people were clapping, not at the end of the movie, but even in the middle of the movie and wow. so forth. It's got some incredible action scenes. Much has been made of, you know, Viola Davis and the others training, you know, to, to become fit for this. Um, yeah, they look it, badass. Yeah, and I, you know, I think we'll get to it, but I think Lashana Lynch in particular, I'd be very, very upset if she wasn't nominated for a Best Supporting Actor I mean, nomination. it looks like it's just from the trailer. It looks a little bit like, you know, Wonder Woman meets um, Black Panther, like those Wakanda warrior women. There's nothing fantastical about it. It's okay. very deeply rooted in it, and I think it's also pretty mournful in places. So it's not an exuberant movie, it's an angry movie for okay. the most part but there, there are pieces of it which are kind of uh, more hopeful than others and you enjoyed so, it i loved it oh okay. i loved it yeah joe yeah there's there's a few things about the movie that um are very easy to kind of be critical of first of all the look of it is very synthetic yeah. um i i never felt i never escaped the kind of sound stage uh, setting. I never. I wasn't really transported to Africa and to its kind of world and time. And so I think for I would say at least the first third of the movie, um, I, I felt the whole thing was just you know I just felt the artifice of it all, the accents, the the grooming, the it, it just didn't feel organically like African village to me. Um, but the movie's story is compelling, and I think the, there's there's lots of um, there's some very interesting characters in here. I agree, Yazdi, with um, your, your uh, comment about Lasha your, um, Lashana Lynch um, and also Viola Davis. I mean, everyone did a really good job here. Even John Boyega, who I thought was slightly miscast uh, in, in the role that he had to play, ultimately kind of... Yeah. Um, He's too young for delivered. that role. Yes. Yeah, but ultimately he just... He, I, I almost giggled when I first saw him yes. and I was like, is that John Boyega? No, he can't be playing that. But then as the movie wore on, yeah. I kind of said, okay, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, no, that same, so I had the same kind yeah. of thing. So there were lots of problems for me to kind of getting into the movie. But by its final act, I was all like rah, rah, rah for this movie. I mean, it has a spine-tingling finale. It really it really does kind of build, build up to kind of the... And it's predictable in a way, right? I mean, I've seen... I'm looking at some of the comments here on Rotten Tomatoes, and there's lots of kind of Disney kind of comments about predictable scripts and... and, and but it, it, it works. And ultimately, that's, that's, you know, when we had to sum up our thoughts for the um for the press uh, at, the, at the end of the press screening for the, the the folks there who were taking comments um i said this movie is has has some real problems but by the end of it all i didn't kind of care i was like yeah i was there with it and um you know i was emotionally impacted by the end I and mean, there were no tears or anything like that but i felt moved and and um you know, props to the performers, the, the writers, the cast. I mean, it, it's a movie that, that works in spite of itself. Uh, and I applaud it. Wow. Are you ready to sum up and give a score? We um, just started talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots to say. Just because you didn't see it, right? No, I'm, just, I'm <laughs> she, just saying. She's like, hurry along. <laughs> I have things to say about other movies. Me, no. me, me. <laughs> no. I, I, I know what you mean about the artifice. I mean... The movie starts with a brilliant, brilliant action scene, um, and it ends with an incredible action scene. So I, I think the movie is kind of bookended by, and there's many other action scenes in between as well, but the, but the movie is very rousing. I had the similar issue with you that I, I think 
I think it's probably budgetary limitations because yeah. of which they couldn't actually go out and shoot in Africa. So it does look where parts of it look like it's all, you know, a soundstage somewhere. And the other thing which kind of irked me and it shouldn't have is that everybody's clothes looked like they'd been freshly laundered and mm. ironed. They, yeah. they, everybody's clothes were brand spanking new. And if you are a warrior tribe, all you should be wearing is muddy, muddy yeah. scrubs, right? But everybody had beautiful, you know, what looked like very new costumes to me. But these are all minor gripes. I also like did, did not like the fact that the movie, sorry, that the music really telescopes at every point how you're mm. supposed to feel. So if if you're supposed to feel extremely tra sad about something, then, you know, out come the violence. And then, you know, the action <laughs> is really punctuated by heavily beating drums, which again, you know, it probably doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the movie, it's not just pleasing the audience. I think it almost reaches another plane, right? It gets into another level of rousingness, which is why I'm saying that, people clap because people get so invested in it. And again, the few people I know who have seen it just have come away saying, oh my God, this is like the best movie I've seen so wow. far this year. So um, I think but, it's, I think kudos to them because it's difficult creating, um, creating a world from 200 years ago, right? With what, how people used to talk and what they used to wear and what were the dynamics. I think, the one thing I re really liked about the story, and by the way, the story is by Maria Bello. Yeah. She's one of the two writers. And it's the same Maria Bello who, the actress Maria Bello, who is in like the history of violence. She was in Coyote Ugly. If, if, if you see her photo, you will recognize her, but I'm surprised it seems like, you know, she's written the story for this movie. But it has a lot to say about a lot of unusual, you know, previously unconsidered things to say about slavery. Um, yes. Where, shame on me, but I wasn't aware that mm, some of these tribes did not have a choice, but they had to participate voluntarily in becoming, you know, in perpetuating the slave, slave trade because okay. they didn't have a choice. And it, you know, it, 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 it isn't that tired thing that somebody came and, you know, stole a few people from Africa and then sold them off. There, there was a lot of no, very I mean, complicated politics there. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it because I think you know I have West African heritage, and mm -hmm. you know I've, I've been I've been to places you know in my father's home country of Ghana where you you see the history of, of slavery, and yeah, like you say, it's very easy to say the the white man came along with guns and like herded these people up onto boats, but actually the herding was done by. Africans. By the locals, right? And you know there there are certain uh, again kind of economic incentives Correct. for them to to do that. There are also deeply seated cultural um, tribalism, mm -hmm. where you know um, it was it was thought to be okay to do that. And so it, it touched on that really well because again, I think you you don't necessarily empathise for the slavers, but you know there was there right. was that kind of historical context which kind of you know help helped us understand how this all how 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 cruel this was man against man how um you know a lot will probably be made about viola davis's physical journey and the physical journey of many of the um cast how does viola davis play in that lead role being an action hero because you know we, we've kind of known her for doing very serious roles in the past um, Not to say this isn't a serious role, but no, you know, this is a very she, action. But again, to, to your earlier comment about Wonder Woman and, you know, Wakanda and uh, Black, yeah, Black Panther, Panther. 
she's a very serious warrior here. Yeah. So she, I don't think she ever cracks a smile in the whole movie. And she, she is, doesn't ever generally. <laughs> right. She needs to be in a yeah, comedy. She needs but, to yeah. be in a comedy. But, um, but she, you know, I mean, she has her own backstory and there is the entire movie is seen through the, uh, the entire movie is a journey seen through the eyes of a little girl. Well, she must be a teenager who kind of uh, gets indoctrinated as, to start being part of the tribe and her training and how, you know, the other uh, women leaders there kind of take her under her wing, etc. And and there is some contrivance in the plot and eventually as the plot goes along mm-hmm. as well. But I like that, you know, she, so first of all, you know, she, Viola Davis is 50 plus years old. I never doubted that she could chop somebody's head off. You know, she's very, the... Uh, the the action scenes seem there's not much CGI to the best of my knowledge yeah. and they seem very very credible they seem very believable and I can that Viola Davis I can totally believe she's doing everything that she's doing and again I think through most of the movie she's actually pretty stoic yeah so she doesn't say much so I think it it, it didn't jar for me at all it's very believable I don't think this is her best work but I think that's because the character didn't have a lot of yeah work to do she had to portray a particular kind of person right and so she didn't have the big moments in the movie this was not her story even though she's put you know she's done all the posters this this like as yesterday said this isn't about the viola davis character um as a as a kind of a central role not to say that again what i said at the beginning there's lots of interesting characters and journeys in this movie uh i, I don't think hers was the most important okay Sum up, score. Uh, this is going to sound very stingy given the accolade that I've, I've just kind of laid upon the movie, but I, you know, I think it, there's, there's a brave heart in here that, that could, this, this could be for me as powerful as, as something like that, you know, the, the warrior story um, and the, the narrative beneath it all just didn't quite get to where I wanted it to go, but that's not to say this isn't a very effective movie. And it's it's an, it's a movie that you can literally go say to anybody as long as you're not too squeamish because it's violent. Um, go see this; it's a great it's a great cinematic uh, movie. So I'm going to give it a very very stingy eight out of ten. Mm. Right? It it almost deserves a nine, but there's just those there's minor little nitpicks that you know. I again I always say this, but at, by the end of the movie, I I, I should be I should have been on my feet. And I wasn't quite there, but, you know, big ending, really well, really works, 8 out of 10. Nice. Yazdi? Yeah, I mean, I want to give this a 9 out of 10, but I won't because of all, you know, I have these little, like you, little uh, nitpicky things. And I I do want to celebrate the movie, though, and I would urge people to go see it because it's a bit of an anomaly, you know, to make a movie like this, which is not a big studio, like a superhero movie, which is all women. It has a, you know, women director, um, and it's playing in the cinemas. It's been playing now for several weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, unless people go out and watch good movies, I mean, there's nothing sloppy about it. I mean, maybe they were restricted by their funding, but the craft is good. The sound design is good. The acting is exceptional. And, you know, all of these actors prevail in spite of whatever plot contrivance, contrivances there are. And I, I tend to be a more... Uh, closed off viewer I think I, mm. I'm not the one screaming and jumping and laughing and so even I was like pretty pretty moved but I think the rest of the audience was just yes really into it so I think I can almost guarantee if anybody who watches it they will be roused yeah so it's it's not a passive movie at all it's a movie where a lot happens 
and you have a lot of vested interest and we didn't talk about Lashana Lynch but you know she's famously in the James Bond movies and you know I, I don't know maybe it's just the coming together of the perfect role for the perfect actor but she is just incredible yeah I mean she brings a certain level of lightheadedness uh, lightness not lightheadedness a certain level of lightness to the movie not by forcing it just by virtue of how her character is yes. and it's a joy to watch her at every step of it uh, yeah because she's a hero in training and she you know she's so effortlessly so and so yeah it's a uh, yeah, an easy, 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 and very stingy 8 out of 10. Nice. I'll put, I'll put money on the fact that this will be in the top 10 Oscar best movie picks, mm-hmm. just yeah. because it, it is. It's so effective a movie wow. at, at rousing the audience that um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be in that top 10 best picks. Okay, I should go see it. Yeah, I mean, mind you, I can talk about this for hours because the whole gender dynamics then was very strange because their king was male, obviously, played by John Boyega. And they had this army of women who are fiercely independent, right? They're warriors, but somehow they were... They're outcasts. They're outcasts for sure, but they're also working at the behest of the king. So mm-hmm. ultimately, they're, you know, they're... It, who they, they are still responsible to a male and still they are kind of okay with it. So, I mean, it asks all these fascinating questions about... Yeah. You know. It, 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 it speaks of some kind of a cultural setup where women who opt not to play the feminine role are kind of pushed into this right. um, army, right? So if you're not going to stay at home and be, you know, uh, child-rearing, you know, uh, subservient African wife, then you belong over here and you will defend us because you have no other use almost. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of a weird, but, you know, and yeah. they, you know, so anyway, it's, it, it's worth, worth seeing. Definitely. Uh, totally. All right. Move on. Uh, movie number two then is what I keep calling Bros. Yeah, me too. Uh, but is actually Bros. <laughs> Which was an 80s band. <laughs> there was an 80s band called Bros? Yes. In the UK, yeah. In the UK. Yeah. Luke and Matt Goss, they were called. They were the Bros. Yeah. And they were twin brothers. And they were twin brothers. And they had a couple of top 10 hits in the UK. Yeah. And so every time I see BROS, I see Bros. But it's actually bros. and I, uh, um, <laughs> Okay. I, I don't know. I'll play you the song after the podcast. Okay. That would be our problem, right? Yes, I, I know. I think that's a uniquely British maybe, problem. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. So bros, not bros. Okay. Tell us about bros, Yazdi. So bros is directed by Nicholas Stoller. And uh, Nicholas Stoller, you know, burst onto the scene with uh, uh, directing Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He came out of nowhere and, you know, that movie was a huge hit. And since then, he's been making movies and uh, directing movies in a similar way. He did Get Him to the Greek. He did The Five-Year Engagement. He did Neighbors 1 and 2. And uh, this is his latest movie, Bros. And um, Bros is being marketed as the first major commercial gay romantic comedy with a predominantly gay cast as well as crew working on it. Um, The director is Nicholas Stoller. The writers are Billy Eichner and Nicholas Stoller. Billy Eichner, famously from Billy on the Street, um, which was on YouTube and now is on Netflix. Um, And Billy Eichner also plays the lead in the movie. And um, the movie stars Billy Eichner, of course, in the lead role, as well as Luke McFarlane, Guy Branham, T.S. Madison and Jim Rash and uh, Jay Rodriguez from uh, Queer Eye, was it? Queer Eye, yeah. So, uh, 
I wanted to see this movie, but I had a concert tickets the same night, so I could not. Uh, and I am very eager to find out from you guys if it's worth seeking out. Well, you certainly missed a good movie, Yazdi. Mm. Um, this is excellent. And it doesn't matter that it's um, a predominantly, mm-hmm. you know, gay by LGBTQ cast. It's just a great movie, whether you're, you know, whether you identify as gay or straight or cis or trans or anything. Um, but it really gives a nice window into um, how how that community lives in some ways. It's witty and clever and layered and funny and I laughed really heartily and loudly many, many times. I love this movie. This is odd. I think this is the new When Harry Met Sally mm. of this generation. So is it all, it's very, it's all the writing? But it's, it's overall just It's good. Mm. good acting. It's good writing. It's got a great little soundtrack that runs in the back. It's very like plinky piano in the background. Um, it's just, it just hearkened me back to that, how I felt when I walked out of Bridesmaids and also how delightful it was to watch when Harry met Sally. Yeah, this is, this is an instant classic. You said Yazdi, uh, first it's mark, being marketed as the first gay rom-com, which, which surprises me, actually. Well, um, mainstream, like a mainstream yeah. studio rom-com. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I think it's a little raunchy to be mainstream, um, you know, and I'll say that just because I think, um, you know, uh, there are some... It, it, it goes to a lot more adult places um, than something like When Harry Met Sally, right? Um, a lot more bedroom scenes and things like that. But uh, this movie is an instant classic. I think, you know, just going back to um, everything that Rashmi said, uh, it's incredibly funny. And you, you you called on Bridesmaids. I feel like this has got the rewatchability potential of Bridesmaids. What I'll say is kind of my my biggest kind of takeaway or, you know, the thing that's when I think about Rose is you will not find a more perfectly cast movie this year. Mm. Everyone is absolutely brilliant in their roles. And a couple of folks in here have, have, you know, a couple of different facets to their personality that you, you know, again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but um, you know, the, the a couple of folks are kind of, you, you get to know them over the course of the movie and the versatility required of the actor to sell that to you is remarkable um, because they go from kind of, you know, um, super strong, very kind of macho gay kind of guy to somebody who's very sweet and tender and vulnerable. And, and so the movie works incredibly well. It's also brilliantly, brilliantly funny. Some, mm. some of the dialogue in here is very sharp. It's very clever. It had me laughing out loud. Billy Eichner is a, a, a gem of a, yeah. of a, a per screen personality for this. So, um, yeah, it, it it worked on so many levels. It's it's a like I say, I can't think of any other term other than instant classic. This is going to be one for the ages. Yeah, and and I think the cleverness of this movie, Asdi, is that it is a mirror of a movie in in both senses that it is reflecting us as a community of non-LGBTQ and reflecting what the LGBTQ um, community is. So it's kind of reflecting both attitudes in one movie so beautifully. Um, and, and again, I think it works whether it was a gay movie or not. It's just a well-written, fantastically uh, well, funny rom-com. But it's very much an LGBTQ perspective on things. And I think that's why I like 
some of the humor in there because it was very honest about some of the uh, the realities of being in those communities about dating about like you know and I'd never really thought about you know um, men dating men having a different dynamic to men dating women and I know that's kind of a silly thing to say but the the, the you know the male attitude towards dating it, it, there were just some really perceptive kind of things in there which kind of made me think oh you know I never looked at it like that and I never realized that you know being gay and being in the gay community uh being on the gay dating scene would mean these types of things so very perceptive humor there was other also uh, my other favorite thing was there's a a, a museum that's that's part of the the the, the setup the uh, a, plot device, a plot device yeah but the board of that museum is lgbt and q right <laughs> and they're around the table and the dynamics and the difference you see some of that in the trailer yes yeah, but yes the, but the way they call upon the kind of differing attitudes towards sure. lgbt sure. and q and some of the conflict between lgbt and q i'd never thought of those things so the way that it yeah, kind it's of not a monolith i think to the surface yeah. in very crisply written jokes uh yeah very 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 funny yeah i'm i'm, I'm very happy to hear that because you know we are in into october now of 2022 and i thought we would not see a better gay romantic comedy than the Hulu movie remember I'd recommended called Fire Island yeah which we've still got on our um, list which has got Joel Kim Booster and he is the lead and he also wrote that movie and that one is so full of heart and funny and hilarious and just a quick 90 minutes so I'm you know I'm there's always room for more so I'm I'm glad I'm glad that this one holds up well and I'm I look forward to to watching it yeah I think this I mean, is gonna get some award love one of the things I, you know, again, I've said a, like a lot of things about the movie, but um, it's also written as a movie that's kind of unapologetic, right? And it's not trying to be political in, in kind of, you know, getting on some sort of a soapbox and judging society. It's just kind of very matter of fact about who, who it is and what it is. There are shows that we've seen um, where everything's always tragedy or mm -hmm. um you know and there is a difficult situation with a family and a family dynamic but it's not portrayed as this kind of gay tragedy where you know somebody's coming out was catastrophic or you know you see too much of that kind of thing it's also not trying to push buttons in the way that something like queer as folk did yeah you know, we watched queer as folk years ago and i always felt that it was kind of in order to in order to open one's eyes as a as a non uh, LGBTQ individual, it felt like it was trying to push buttons and almost um, shock mm -hmm. uh, us as as non LGBTQ. Uh, this didn't do that, right? There was there was a romance. There was also bedroom scenes, but they weren't played for shock factor, and at least not for me. So I, th I thought again, it's it's very well, it's very deftly handled. Yeah, Nick Stoller is a great director. I mean, I, you know, he's underrated, but he's he's directed some of the f fine fine movies. I remember five-year engagement with uh, yeah. Jason Segel and Emily Blunt was such a good movie. I mean, it, it should be at least as popular as Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But anyway, good, good. Got yeah, I mean, I can sum this this up. This is a rush out and see, as far as I'm concerned. Like you said, Joe, I think every time this comes on TV, I will watch this. I can't wait to watch it again. This is easily, easily a nine out of ten for me. Wow. Yeah, great movie. I'm going to be stingy again. It's going to get an eight, despite the praise that I layered upon it. Um, but I think this is one of those movies that when I stepped away from the theater, I had all these little things that 
and it, it, and it hits you thick and fast. Like Billy Eichner speaks at a hundred miles an hour. Mm. And by sometimes I had to try, I had a hard time keeping up with some of the jokes. So I know I've missed many of the things in there because it's like, bam, 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 bam. And in a single sentence, he can spit out three or four points that, you know, my mm. <laughs> lethargic and kind of slow molasses brain is, is trying to kind of, piece together so uh, I think on second watching I'll get even more from it but um, yeah it's again I can see this being on loop um, yeah, you know again I, I think I, I hope it has enough mainstream appeal as Bridesmaids um, I don't know that it will because um, you know it's a kind of a, it's a raunchy LGBTQ comedy but again if you can get past that and see how well written and crafted it is it's, it's going to be a hit and it's such a New York movie yes. that's that's another oh, reason why you'll love it it's such <laughs> a quintessential you know set in the city just lovely loved it yeah I don't want to set your expectations too high it's not the second coming or anything but it, it's very very funny good it's ni- it's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes so yeah. that's pretty good yeah. deservedly yeah. so yeah, yeah I think the audience um, also had a great time good 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 Moving on then, uh, final movie of the week is Darlings, and uh, this is one that I haven't seen. I know the two of you have seen. It's streaming on um, Netflix. Netflix right now. Uh, director Jasmeet K. Reen, uh, writers, uh, well, stars Alia Bhatt, which uh, Rashmi is... Fangirl. Completely fangirl. Um, like, I think... We there's not a week goes by in our house where I don't see some Alia Bat type content in our house. She's been you've been devouring coffee with Kumar and uh, not not Kumar Curran Curran. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking I was thinking of the Kumar show back in the UK. Uh, coffee with Curran, um, and she's had multiple um, appearances in that. So uh, just very briefly, I'm just. I'm prepared to talk about this, so it's the IMD description of uh, Darlings follows the lives of two women as they find courage and love in exceptional circumstances. You two have seen this. Yes. Tell us about it. So I, 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 the only reason I watched this is because of Alia Bhatt and I, I love her and, you know, she can do no wrong. I mean, she's a very little, diminutive little person and, you know, she somehow when the camera's on her, she just kind of transforms and she so versatile she's been doing amazing movies um, with with characters which are so specific and I think this one is also very exceptional because she plays the wife of a you know of a couple who are not at the highest rung of the economic ladder not at the highest rung of the educational level not at the highest rung of uh, anything in India they're very kind of you know um, lower middle class couple and the movie is not 100% successful, but I really liked it. And I, you know, Rashmi and I said we should discuss this movie because it's so unlike, you know, any other Indian movie because it's doing, it's kind of at, at, at its core, it's kind of a feminist story. It's a story about revenge, but it's also very, very funny. It's tongue in cheek. It has a lot to say about uh, spousal abuse. Um, but it also has this dark humor. It, it's kind of almost, almost tips into kind of horror, at, you know, at some points. And it has a bit of nine to five thrown in. It's kind of a mishmash of a lot of things. And it's it's playing this game. I, th- I think the reason why it doesn't fully register is it's, it's constantly changing the tone. Because if she just became a militant warrior and said, I'm going to exact revenge, then it would be a very cliched movie. But she, through the whole movie... 
she's been she's been done wrong and she's always doubting what she's doing so she she takes two steps forward one step back two steps forward one step back and i really like this movie because it finally because me sitting in my high chair i always think oh why don't women just leave their husbands you know why don't you know if somebody's bad to you why don't you leave and this movie really makes the case for why it's very difficult you know if you've invested with somebody and if they're very very good sweet talker then they can kind of you know reel you back in so so many things to talk about this movie but at 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 its heart it's just quite funny very unexpected very likable just a quick 2 hour movie i would recommend to everyone yeah i i find myself thinking the same thing yasdi it's a deliciously dark comedy mm-hmm. right it's a very black comedy very very um, black it's, yeah it's it's um it's played for laughs in some parts which seems weird when it's about spousal abuse like mm-hmm. you said and if this was like made or you know um any of those other typical you know women woman gets abused by husband has to run away and hide it it's not like that and and in some essence it shows her to be a very strong character um but but one that's kind of very intertwined and um manipulated by her husband in yeah. some ways and it's also that battle between um generational abuse right so her her observation of her mother and how her mother behaved and how her mother's kind of turned up now it's a interesting story of mothers and daughters it's about um you know social the, the impact of where you are socioeconomically in a community um it, it's got a lot to say about a lot of things and again she's just an amazing actress yeah she's she's very good i i think the f- the film is remarkable for many reasons one is i've not quite seen another indian movie which does yeah. this balancing act of tones a dark comedy which is also social kind of commentary but it's also kind of hinting at something far more sinister um And I also like the fact that there's nothing really very flashy about this movie like there are no big dance numbers where suddenly somebody no, has perfect no, perfect no, costumes no. and they start dancing around no. a tree there's none of that and it has a very lived in feel like they live in this little chawl or whatever this like little, an apartment in yeah. a building and it it, see, it a, felt yeah it felt very realistic so I really like that and then the other piece of course is what Rashmi mentioned is you can almost make the case that the two leads in the movie are she and her mom yeah and her dynamic with her and her mom i think are so unique and her by the way her mom is played by the great actress shefali shah who is brilliant here as well and it's for her it's almost the entire movie it's a, it's a tug and pull between what her mother is asking her to do versus what she wants to do um So it's it's just unique in so many ways. It's it's really a fun movie and I, you know where to give credit where it's due. I think as good as Alia Bhatt is, as good as the actor who plays her mom is, I think the hardest role here is that of her husband because yes. he is this sly, manipulative, sweet-talking man who's used to getting what he wants. And um Vijay Verma who plays this, I haven't seen him in in any big movies before. he is not perfect i think i think any other actor would have just they would have just fallen flat on their face in the first 5 minutes of the movie but he keeps this whole movie aloft he was in gully boy 
Oh, he was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you should watch watch it for all three of those actors. It's just a lot of fun. And then there is another character as well. Yeah. Uh, which again, what, where the movie lands with him is so unusual. So great script. This is the first time Alia Bhatt has produced a movie with her own money. And you can see why, you know, in spite of her being in some yeah. amazing movies. Yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting movie. It's offbeat. Yeah, it's offbeat. It, you know, it's a very indie feel to it. Um, yeah, it, it, it touches on horror. It's horrific at times. Um, the the scenes where she does get abused are horrible to watch. Yeah. They're very very disturbing. Um, it's not glamorizing. Aliens. Yeah, there's one scene straight out of Aliens. Yeah, and I'm like, this movie is influenced by so much stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And it's not glamorizing. <laughs> it's not glamorizing spousal abuse in any way. And I don't want anyone to think that we're kind of no, saying spousal not. abuse is funny in any way. But it's just a really interesting um, handling of the material. So I can sum this one up. This is a darling movie, um, easily seven out of 10. Yeah, and I'm going to give it an eight out of 10, um, uh, maybe a generous eight out of 10, because it's so unusual. We don't see this these yeah. kinds, kinds of movies. And I think the other thing the movie does very well is, you know, it's called Darlings because both she and her husband don't speak very good English and they can't, they're kind of prone to adding plurals to words. So instead of saying darling, they tell each other darlings. And they, uh, there are other words that they use the plural incorrectly. Yeah. When you're doing this kind of stuff where you're dealing with characters who are not very educated or whatever, you could talk down to those characters. You could, you could be mocking them. But the movie is never mocking them. They are, they are silly. They're not very well educated. But, but they are no less um, vibrant and no less clever and no less enterprising yeah for it. so i think it's just a very good good job yeah uh, overall and it also talks about gentrification in some ways yes of, of these areas in um in india yeah and it's something that you know my my father i mean my home in bombay is going through exactly the same thing that that's a key plot plot point here so it's it's very very of the now yeah and and sorry one other thing i want to say is you know, there are these abuse scenes and it was funny for me, there, there was one point where I said, there is no going back from this. After somebody does this to their spouse, there's no going back. But she goes back and I was very angry. But then I'm thinking, I'm sitting here in my ivory tower, halfway around the world, judging somebody. I'm not in her shoes and people do what they have to do at that point. So it really makes you think about where you stand on this whole thing as well, which is quite remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Really good movie. Yeah, I mean, I keep going back to Rashmi, so I mean... <laughs> right. yes. In spite of the beatings. I guess there's, there's something to that. <laughs> clearly, the beatings, clearly the beatings don't work. <laughs> that sounds great. So right. Darlings is on Netflix. Wait yes. till you get home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that bringeth our little podcast to an endeth. Yes. Or yes. to an endings. Yes. Yes. So thank you very much for listening. We always appreciate uh, anyone that makes it through a movie while there's episode. Um, we are going to be back fairly soon with reviews of Amsterdam and the greatest beer run ever. So, um, and I guess let's just draw it to a close. Too many movies, too little time. A goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. 